0: Weekly Dose of Wayne's Comics.
1: Welcome to episode two forty seven of the Wayne's Comics Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. This episode features the return of Howard Shapiro, creator of a trilogy of graphic novels on friendship, a subject that I think is a lost art in many cases, but he's working to bring it back. And the third of the series, which is called Hockey Karma, is due out very shortly, early November. We talk about how he came to write this series, who the characters are, what this all has to do with hockey, and what plans he has for the future, so I'm sure you're going to want to listen. There's a lot to get to, so let's get on with the show. It's great to welcome back to the podcast, Howard Shapiro, creator of a wonderful series of books and comics and trade paperbacks based on hockey. You know, I'm not being a sports guy. Sometimes I get lost in those things, but Howard, you did a great job on pulling me into the people and understanding the game. So how are you doing today?
0: Good. Very good. Very good. Thanks. Yeah, it's funny because I told people before that even though it's a sports kind of quote-unquote theme book, <laughs> there's really not much, uh, especially in the last book, there wasn't much sports uh, or hockey in that. And some people complained, and some thought, yeah, that's fine. So, But yeah, though, it's really geared for anybody. It doesn't have to necessarily be somebody who's a hockey or sports guy or person.
1: Well, what you're doing is you're building us all up for issue number three, or there. How do, you, how, how do you refer to it? Is this volume three? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. I was telling somebody the other day, it's so funny because it really didn't
0: start out as a trilogy. or It's just somebody when I met at uh, Book Expo said that series do better sales-wise than just one-offs. And I thought, all right, well, <laughs> it's uh, kind of a marketing tool, but it's actually worked out. The characters of come along, and really the one character, Tom, goes back to like the very first book I did years ago. Mm -hmm. So So it's kind of neat.
1: Why don't you describe to people the background of this and the different books, because I encourage everybody to get all three of them, because if you read one and two before three, you're going to get a lot more out of it.
0: Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. I mean, the editor and I, my editor, she had some really, really good ideas. So the first one is called The Stereotypical Freaks, and it came out in 2012, And with that, that was something, a book that i have been working on for a long time, really starting in 2009, about these disparate kids who are in high school, how they form a rock band to compete in uh, a battle of the bands. And through that, through the music, they they really become friends. And it's kind of a neat little twist in it towards the end. So that was the first book in the series. And that was, again, just supposed to be a one-off, but I got the idea to turn it into a series or a trilogy. Mm-hmm. And then the last book we were just talking about a second ago was called The Hockey Saint. I had uh, done two previous hockey books, theme books, again, really using hockey to talk about some life things, life situations and whatnot. And those two books came out in 2007, 2008. So I wanted to kind of get back to doing something hockey-related because I sort of built up an audience, if you will, through those books. So it was kind of a neat little twist I did to get the one main character from from stereotypical freaks into this situation where he meets a very famous hockey player who's like his idol and it's sort of how their relationship builds and the kind of twists and turns that it goes through
1: let me interrupt you for one second sure you called it the last book but this is actually the second book exactly i'm sorry yeah that's okay i just want to make sure people understand because right go ahead keep going on this good book
0: Yeah, so even though, again, it's got a hockey theme and there's hockey in it, I think there's only one page maybe of of hockey, quote-unquote, action. So it's really um, a character study of... The two guys, Tom, his name's Tom Leonard, and he's been the character that's, like I said, kind of been in all my books, and it's sort of a doppelganger, if you will, for me. He's really written from my perspective that I kind of relate to or whatever. And then uh, Jeremiah Jacobson, who is Sidney Crosby-like, Wayne Gretzky, Mario Lemieux, Gordie Howe-type <laughs> hockey player. And, again, it's really about their relationship and their friendship. And, again, there's a little twist in there towards the end, which Mm -hmm. I think was kind of
1: cool. Now, last time you and I talked, we talked about heroes and hero worship and things like that, which you deal a lot with in the book. That Not necessarily everybody who is heroic is somebody that can be looked up to as a hero, so so to say. And it was really interesting how their friendship made an impact on both of them, I thought. And really good stuff.
0: You no, know, thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's uh yeah, that was one of the themes with the last book cuz I mean, all my books really uh, have to do with friendship and it's like the one thing I love absolutely love to write about. That's why I even called it the Forever Friends trilogy, because friendship's such an important thing, I feel. And then the idea, as you mentioned, of hero worship, and that was something that I was thinking at the time when I was writing it, because I'm in Western Pennsylvania, but mm-hmm. in Eastern Pennsylvania is where Penn State is, and at the time I was doing it, the whole Jerry Sandusky situation was going on, and, and it was just kind of galling the idea that through sports, everyone was kind of looking the other way, or it's football first, or sports first, or, sports first, or whatever. Mm-hmm. and. We we live in such a society where sports are so overdone and overamplified and everything. So that was just something that. I was thinking about a lot at the time, and on a lesser note, going back to bands, I met after a concert, somebody, this guy from a, uh, this band called Big Country, who I'd always loved from the uh, mid-80s, and uh, it was just funny, because the the guy who, he just, his name was Bruce Watson, and he could have been more bored or like whatever with everybody who was back there, who just wanted an autograph or a picture or whatever, mm-hmm. and it was something my dad would always say to me when I was growing up, he said, sometimes you don't want to meet your heroes, mm-hmm. and not that this guy was a hero, he was just somebody I wanted to meet, but mm-hmm. it was a real let down, I guess, and uh, just got me thinking about other times where I met sports people or whatever. And most of the uh, times they might have not gone as well as you know, hope or think. So,
1: well, it's interesting because I've met stars, quote unquote, and I've met people. And you know, the thing they don't want to be treated like stars, they want to be treated like real people. You talk with them about stuff that they might be interested in, experiences they've had, and things like that. And if you relate to them like a real person, they're real happy about that because they don't necessarily want to be worshipped because they are all too, as you point out in your book, they're all too familiar with their own faults. And yeah, yeah.
0: It's,
1: it's just something, to, so I can relate to that. When I read the book, I was reminded of those kinds of things. And I won't mention any names, but you know, when I, when I talk with some folks, you know, you get nervous sometimes when you're around them, and you, you flub <laughs> up, and you put the wrong information out, and then they look at you, and go, oh, you're, you're so stupid, you don't even remember what I did.
0: <laughs> then on the other hand,
1: there's other people, when you when, when all that uh, tension's gone, and you're just kind of, oh, hey, how's it going? Really loved your work, and such and such, and such. And then they start to talk, about, oh, we had a great experience, and on, and on and on they go about, because they're more interested behind the camera than they are in front, a lot of
0: people. Yeah. So and so, that's really well said. That's really well said. Yeah. That was one of the things, too, I was thinking about with uh, Jacobson, where he... I mean, we toned it down in the book because I had it much more, and then we we had to kind of cut it out. the edited it down a little bit, but what I really wanted to point out or have his wife point out was that he had no friends. He had no outside friends, and it was something that I was thinking about. You know, we, Again, here in Pittsburgh, we have uh, Sidney Crosby, who, again, is this massive superstar, mm-hmm. but you think somebody like that who – Maybe just like somebody who's a child actor or whatever. I mean, gone through their whole lives, and really their circle of friends are just the people who are teammates and uh, or adults, you know? Mm-hmm. So that was something that was kind of playing into the whole trying to shape him or that character. And it was fun to do, and it was kind of neat because he was like, hey, you know, this is just a regular person. It has nothing to do with hockey or sports or somebody who's trying to get something out of me or from me.
1: Mm-hmm. Which is really cool. I mean, honestly, every time I've ever met, ever since that one first experience, when I actually just talk to them like they were a real person. I've always done that now from now on. Whenever I come up to somebody I say, I love this and that, you know, and this, this was important to me, and, this, and then they want to talk with you. Yeah. It's not that they want to necessarily be adored, you know, it's just like the old Garfield the cat, he, he's not in the mood to be adored sometimes. <laughs> and that's the way with these guys. Now, we've talked about the second book, which is, I, I really loved, and then I, you gave me the opportunity to read the third book. Why don't you talk a little bit about the third book and where the concept for it came from?
0: Sure. Yeah. I just wanted to kind of finish things up. And I really wanted to wrap everything up neatly at the end because I kind of like that kind of thing. I mean, uh, I, I'm not a big fan of something where it ends and it's just kind of ambiguous or whatever. I really wanted to end it on a good note. And these are all characters who I really like and didn't want to have anything Bad, so to speak, happen. So, the plan with this one was it was going to take place 10 years later. So, Jacobson, who's 22 and the hockey saying is now 32, and he's kind of beaten down and broken due to injuries and whatnot. And so, he's sort of on his last hurrah. And so, that's him. And then, Tom is somebody who, again, has be- become his friend, and they become really good friends. And uh, Jacobson now also has a family. And so, what we wanted to do with Tom was have him with sort of one foot in the past and one in the future. And he's really just going through his life and he wants to kind of separate himself a little bit from Jacobson. Mm -hmm. But again, they're still very good friends and he wants to do something that he's in his early thirties as well. And he wants to do something that leave his mark. And then Jacobson also has this young protege who's taking his place, and he's not too happy about that. So he goes back to some of his bad ways, which he had in the uh, second book, Hockey Saint, where he had grown up as basically almost like an alcoholic. Mm. And this time he's got a different vice, which uh, I won't <laughs> I won't put that out there. Right. But yeah, and he's still got some issues that he's uh, dealing with. And so it's kind of like how both of them in their own way are growing. And again, somebody who's 30 or 32 mm-hmm. or mid-30s and and most of us, we're in the prime, you know, we're, we've been established doing our jobs or, or whatnot. And here's somebody who's 32 and has never done anything other than play a sport his whole life. So kind of examine things that way. And it's just there's not this big uh, twist or anything like that. It's just about their lives and, again, the, the evolution, again, of their friendship.
1: That's, to me, you just elaborated on one of the biggest things about the third book that I really loved. And it's called Hockey Karma, in case we haven't mentioned it. You talked about the fact that Tom's life is just actually getting started while Jake's life is actually coming to a conclusion on some levels. And it's such an interesting thing because let's just say that Jake has accomplished a lot in his career. And Tom really hasn't done all that much yet. Uh, And and when you get to the end of the book, and I don't want to spoil anything on it, but let's just say that the one you think is going to be the big influence in, in his town may surprise you.
0: <laughs> okay, again very well
1: said very well said yeah because you know they, yeah. uh, and also you bring back some of the folks from the first book
0: right and that, that was something that again my editor Christina really did a, a really good job at because I didn't really think about that too much as I was going through the first draft and she's like I got a really good idea but I don't want to tell you about it so she just put the notes in and then I thought oh yeah you know it's like the light bulb went above my head it's like yeah why don't we do that mm-hmm. and so it kind of bring everything full circle so the thing is with the middle book again the hockey scene I'm not a big fan of somebody who writers or people who, in movies or wherever where you have to see the first one to get the second one I mean I wanted to have them be standing alone because i didn't want anybody to feel like oh well it's a sequel that means i have to read the original i didn't want to have that but this one i thought it's kind of fun to tie things up a little bit so anybody who has read the first one they kind of see the characters from really probably 15 years later and it kind of ties things up nicely i thought Mm -hmm. so it was a really great idea on her part and so i give all props to her on that one but it was kind of fun to do it that way and and we had a lot of fun with that with the second draft and then the final version
1: it's so funny because in real life you know when you graduate from high school and you go on to other things it's always a surprise who actually makes it big as opposed to people who sort of fade out It's always surprising and that's why it was really interesting to read the book and to see which people actually sort of blossomed towards the end and like I said with Jake is sort of coming to the twilight of his career all these other people are starting to move forward and really starting to come to the forefront and I just love that because I look back on my high school and people are and There's some people, I don't know where they are, what's happened to them. And there's other people who have just unexpectedly just risen up and really become important in the community and things. So I, I thought that was a wonderful message. I thought that the, your book communicated. That was one of the things I really loved about it. Well, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. That
0: was the other little thing that I wanted to do is also have Tom where he's, again, he tries to rekindle a relationship he has, which, again, is from the first book Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. So you try and do everything, try and make it as for everybody as possible. So I didn't want to like make it a sports story and I didn't want to make it like a, a romance novel, so to speak, and I didn't want to make it just a complete character study. So you try and hit all bases. And uh, at least we hope we did that with it. I mean, that's something that everybody shares. I mean, everybody, mostly everybody has high school friends or people from the, that have moved out or stayed in the same area. It's always an interesting thing. And so we kind of tackled that a little bit. So
1: it was fun to be able to weave that in. Now talk to me about celebrity, because I am just convinced when you're in the limelight and the limelight no longer shines on you, even if it's a, to a lesser degree, there is this separation anxiety. There is this thing that you are no longer the, the center of attention that you're used to being. Like he's been, you know, Jake's been in the spotlight for, uh, you know, like over a decade and stuff. And now all of a sudden, the spotlight's not quite on him as much and I thought you did a beautiful job, and I've always thought this was the case. When that happens to somebody, it wrenches them apart on some levels because you've gotten used to the fact that people are going to come to you. They see you in the room, they rush up and shake your hand or tell you what a great thing you're doing and all this kind of stuff. And when they don't do that anymore, that's kind of a hard thing to take. It's, I've seen so many people, you know, you see stars who have, their lives have crashed and burned after they were in the spotlight and stuff. And with him... He's going through that whole experience. And I thought you did a beautiful job of showing that they're still human, that that human aspect of them, you feel sorry for him on a lot of levels when things start to happen that he doesn't want to have happen. And it's kind of a great thing to watch and to understand because now I can look at other people in sort of the similar situations. Like, say Peyton Manning, for example. He comes to the end of his career. Granted, his was a little different than Jake's was. But you have to think that, you know, of course, he's got commercials. He's on the commercials all the time, Mr. Manning is. But he can't be quite the same guy he was a year ago, let's say. Because he's not playing the game. He's not going into the locker room with all the guys. And he's not doing all the stuff that he was doing before. And he didn't have all the accolades. Now he's doing commercials. <laughs> and, and, you know, that's not quite the same thing. And when I saw this thing that Jake was going through, I was really moved by that because I thought – and now when I look at Peyton Manning, I have sympathy for him more than I thought I, I would ever have for him. Because, you know, I, some people's sports figures, I get so tired of them selling everything. There's, uh, there's a, the guy, the, the Miami Dolphins quarterback, who was selling everything from gloves and coats and food. And, and, all this, and I was sitting there going like, man, what doesn't he sell? But I, I feel for these people now because, you know, as fun as that is and it probably gives them great money, but it's not quite what they're used to doing. So it's something of a transition. And, and I thought your character, Jake, brought that out beautifully in that third book i thought that was terrific well,
0: thank you, thank you. Yeah, that was something. It's uh, something I was thinking about going through this. This whole idea. I, I mean, I don't listen that much uh, to uh, sports radio, but big thing with that is always to talk about somebody's legacy. Like you mentioned, Peyton Manning. Well, what's his legacy? Is his legacy this? His legacy. That? I mean, that's something that people might discuss or whatever. But it's like you, you think he's thinking. You know, Ooh. I mean, maybe he is. I don't know. But what I wanted to have with Jake was, he, I wanted to have him be what his legacy, what he, and he says it at the end, he wants everybody to forget about the first 30 years of his life, that quote unquote legacy mm-hmm. and be remembered for what he is going to accomplish over the next 30 or 35 or however many years. So mm-hmm. that was something I, I was really thinking about a lot. And and just this idea also of aging gracefully. I mean, I started the book when I was 49 mm-hmm. and turning 50 and, uh, and just that whole idea of aging gracefully. I mean, I have two 17 year old sons and they both think like, you know, I'm the biggest dork in the world and you know and uh, it's just that that idea of well i used to be cool or whatever it's just that <laughs> that kind of thing you know again the, like the idea of aging gracefully i mean when you're growing up you see somebody you think if you go whatever to a concert or something you see somebody who's my age now and you know getting hammered and doing whatever you think oh geez they're at right a as- a game or whatever, Mm -hmm. and you just think, you're 40, you're 50, you know, start acting your age Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So it was just something I was thinking about a lot when I was doing it, and I really wanted Jake to have a very uh, sort of a graceful bowing out of the sport, but then really show what's important, which is what you can do for your fellow man kind of thing. So that was something that was important to me to do.
1: Now, let's talk a little bit about Tom, because you were saying that you're involved in the Tom character. Your hopes and dreams and stuff probably are tied up more in him than in Jake, let's say. I got a kick because, you know, Tom plays a very big role towards the end of the book. And I just wondered, was that kind of something you were hoping you could accomplish, or that you felt you had accomplished? Or was that something you, you know, is this kind of how you wish it had gone? How did Tom's character portray you towards the end of the book?
0: Yeah, it's a good question, because... He wants to step out of the shadow. And again, the editor and I, Christine and I really, we wanted it to sort of still be, it was that question of like, whose story is it? Is it 50-50? Is it 60-40? Is it whatever, 70-30, one way or the other? Mm -hmm. And we wanted it to be sort of 50-50, mm. and uh, she is actually probably leaning more towards having it be Tom's story than, <laughs> than Jake's. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, I think what, because he had, a, a, his parents died at a young age, he's still trying to figure things out, and he doesn't really know which direction he wants to go, and, but he knows what he, you know, what he wants to do, which is the right thing, and help help people and be a better citizen so to speak Mm -hmm. kids i said i don't care what you do in your life i said as long as you're good citizens i think that's one of the most if not the most important things so Mm -hmm. i wanted him to branch out a little bit and you know he sort of takes the bull by the horns towards the end and really drives the one initiative that they have and Mm -hmm. uh, changes jake's attitude about it and was able to convince him to work together on this project Mm -hmm. so it was fun because i think in a way, again. kind of turning back to myself i mean that was always something that my real job which is being an accountant you don't want to be in the uh you don't want anybody to know what's going on <laughs> the best thing you can do is kind of like go under the radar mm-hmm. and so i thought it'd be kind of neat for tom to and myself in some respects then to kind of step out just a little and drive a project so to speak and so that's what we tried to do and it was fun uh it's fun to get his arc in the story to kind of match up so it's a, a more like a 50 50 split him and jake Mhm.
1: I got a kick too because their friendship sort of wanders away some. They're less friends as we get into the third book. And I kinda of thought that was interesting because you know, no friendship really stays the same. You're either getting closer or you're moving apart, it seems like. It's never exactly the same from year to year. And to see them sort of drift apart a little bit, you know, and of course the, the when you get towards the end of the book, things move in a in a direction that I really liked. I thought that was kind of interesting as far as friendship goes. And you said that this is a book, just like all three of them are about friendship. I got a kick out of the fact that things started to happen that brought them aiming back towards each other, which I really liked. And in real life, that happens a lot of the times. We drift away for a while, and then all of a sudden something happens, and we're reminded of the person, and we we get back together with them, and we reestablish a friendship there. And I was happy to see that because, you know, you always hope when you have a good friend and you lose touch with them that if the right circumstances presented to yourself, you would, guys would be back friends again.
0: Yeah, that's, that's also very well said. Yeah, I, I had a um, a friend. It was funny when I got married, and he, he was in the wedding. And I remember after the wedding, he said to me, he goes, well, I won't see you again. And I was like, well, of course you will. You know, wouldn't you? And he's he like, oh, you're going to be married. And, and he, in Jake's case also, when he has two young children, and Tom's single in the story. So yeah, you know, there is that kind of natural where you end up drifting apart. But uh, yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, it's almost like bands or whatever. In sports teams, but more so bands. You, know, you, you always wonder, like, are these guys friends? Mm-hmm. or somebody who's like a DJ or DJs, a morning show or whatever, you think, are these people friends or people on TV or whatever? Do you think that they hang out or whatever after they hate each other? Like Van Halen with the, the me that I always wondered, you know, you kind of know that deep down they probably hate each other. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. you know, the greater good is that they're a band, a, a team, so to speak. So, yeah, you're right. You always kind of wonder and you hope that like Evan Costello or mm-hmm. you know, whoever, that they that off offstage they're good friends or you hope their friends, and if they're not, it takes away something. So, uh, yeah, what you said was really well said, because I really wanted it, again, the twists and turns, but yet at the end, they still are good friends, and they're working together. And You hope in, at the end that they will ride off into the sunset, just like at the end of Indiana Jones, uh, the third part. So, mm-hmm. that, I think that's a nice ending.
1: Yeah. Now, Talk to me about the comic aspect of it. You did the first book and then the second book, and of course, there are trades, and you have an artist who does the artwork and stuff, and now you've got the third book. Was the third book easier for you? Because now you've done two in the past, you guys probably are on the same page, all the people involved. Was it easier for you to do, or was it, you know, knowing this was the conclusion, was this sort of a sad thing, you know, going through and here you are, knowing that you're wrapping things up, and this might be the last time you guys get to work together. How did it? go as far as bringing the book together
0: yeah yeah you know, that's a really excellent question because the way these work or at least it's worked for me in all three cases is you have a little bit of a rocky start but then you get a nice rhythm going and uh, in this case yeah we have a little bit of a slow start ironing things out but uh, Andres uh, Mosa who did the illustrations and the colors you know just was phenomenal I mean I, again I couldn't thank him enough or praise him enough he did such a good job and we had a really good it was. I mean, at the end, it was a, it was kind of sad, uh, you know, because you thought, you know, I mean, hopefully we'll work again, but not necessarily with these characters again. So that it really was It was something that I thought of. And uh, there was a little bit of a little twinge of sadness at the end. But you know, the thing is, like you work on these it's better part of like a year and a half, almost two years, mm-hmm. and you kind of lose all perspective of it i mean what you said really makes me feel good and the reviews we've got so far have been good for the most part some of the pre-release ones mm-hmm. have been really good and you just hope you get so far into it and it's just like you lose all perspective and, and i'll reread it from now time to time and i think oh yeah that was good i was glad we did that or i am glad we said that or did whatever but you end up losing touch because you're so involved with it over such a long period of time and uh but it was a very fun experience and, and we had a real good like I said, good rhythm going. You know, he works on a lot of other stuff, but he really made the point of giving as much effort and attention to my stuff as he did to his other stuff. And so, yeah, I really couldn't be happier with it. And-
1: and it was just really great to work with. Mm-hmm. Now there's two more points I want to make about the book, well, make sure I get in there. And number sure. one was that the marriage of script and art, sometimes you can tell that there's bumpy connections between them. But this was one where I literally just, I remember reading the through, when I happened to be in a hotel room at a uh, comic convention, and I finally got time and I sat down and I started to read it. And you know, I just completely <laughs> forgot where I was. I was so engrossed <laughs> in the story. And what was going that I was literally going, now what, now what, now what? And there I am with my finger just turning the pages, you know, trying to figure out, you know, to read it very carefully, but yet continue on get through it and i just i was completely lost from where i was i was so in the story and that to me is always a sign of a really well-done book or a well-done story particularly a comic where i am lost in there and all of a sudden i go back and go oh yeah i'm back in the hotel room again (laughs) and so for me that's what your book did for me on that way i really thought it was so engrossing and the characters i feel like i know these people did you ever watch the show saint elsewhere Yes, it was, yes, that uh, was yeah, one of my favorite shows. Sure. When that show canceled, I felt like I lost about forty friends because <laughs> I knew all these people. And when I got to the end of your book, I thought, "Man, you know, I knew these people. You know, I know these people real well." And I got to see them share part of their lives with them. It was like being a friend watching what was going on. It was so well written that way. And I, I want to make sure I mentioned that because I really loved it. I just got to the end, I would just, and I'll talk about the end in a minute, but I just want to let you know that it was so engrossing that I literally forgot where I was and when it was. That's how great it was to
0: me. (laughs) Well, that really means a lot. I I truly appreciate that. Yeah. The thing with the stereotypical freaks was that, yeah, I was really, really going for a real emotional story. And people would say, well, you know, I read it and I was crying or whatever. That's what we were going for. And and the illustrator and I, Joe, Joe Picard and I, and, and that's really what we were going for, that emotional feeling. And it's kind of changed then. Through the uh, years, and uh, it really means a lot when you can get lost in it. I mean, I, I know with the best movies and the best books or entertainment TV, when you feel that uh, when you're lost in it or you, you really care about the characters, I mean, that's the battle. So, uh, what you said really it really means a lot. I do appreciate it because that's what we're going for. And you hope that as a reader, you know, you become uh, in some ways. Like you said, like you're almost like a friend or it's a you're looking at somebody's life from uh, the outside and mm-hmm. you can find out about them or live, not vicariously through them, but kind of get a sense of what they're about. So that, that means a lot. I really appreciate it.
1: Well, you know, it's not that they're reading a comic book. It's that you're observing people live is the way that it came across to me. I was actually lo- so involved with their lives. I, you know, you pull for these people. You know, I want this to go right, and I want this to go. There's a project that's supposed to happen, and there's struggles. And another thing about the book I really liked, too, is that there was lots of twists and turns I didn't expect in the story. And of course, then I had to go, now what's going to happen? You know, I have to sit there <clears> and know. I have to know these things. What's going to go on? And so I really loved all that stuff. But I did want to make sure that I mentioned to you, too, was that you were kind of ahead of your time a little bit when you wrote this book because you talked about you wanted to have like a positive ending and i have to say a lot of comics these days tend to be really dark and dismal you, know, <laughs> you get to the end of a story it's oh gosh how could it have ended so badly how could these people have wasted so much of their lives trying to do something that's never going to work out kind of stuff but when we get to the end of your book i was really encouraged things actually went right some things actually resolved and made positive influences and i was just like gosh you know that can really happen and it was great to read it in a comic
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah no I, i i'm with you i mean uh I think there's a time and place for anything that's dark, I mean, you know, that kind of thing, and and stuff that's sunny and happy, and uh, you're kind of going for, I think, a good mix, and uh, I kicked around some different ideas as far as how I wanted to end. Again, I just wanted it to be something where it was, you know, again, something I was feeling at the time, which... In the times we live in, for better or for worse, especially now, between now and November 8th, I guess, Mm -hmm. everything has such a political connotation. You get so tired of that, I think. I feel. I mean, I don't know. It's just me. But I just want it to be where And Jake says the, the part about people say, well, what side are you on? And he's like, I'm on. Our side, you know. I really—it was just something I really felt important, and I wanted to say through the book that not everything has to be this or that or right, left, blue, red, whatever. So that was something I really wanted to get out there. So I hope we were able to do that.
1: Well, I remember reading that line in particular and just, and just grinning because I thought, gosh, what a message that we need right now. And the reason why I said you were kind of ahead of your time is because you were working on this book a long time before DC's Rebirth started up. And the point of DC's Rebirth is to not be so dark and dismal, but to be much more, uh, a little lighter tone to things. And, you know, I, th- I thought, man, you were doing this before DC even got going on Rebirth. So you were ahead of the game on that, I thought. <laughs> that was a cool thing.
0: Oh, that's good. I appreciate that. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, it's like even in the movies, I know they're trying to make justice league more light or whatever. And I I just think, you know, you do what, you know, what comes naturally or whatever. I mean, the one thing I've even going back to when I did kids books is I never wanted to quote unquote pander, like write down to kids like, Oh, you know, doing preaching or whatever. I mean, I always wanted to make it so that again, that you're almost like you're having a conversation with somebody and, and like we're having now, it's like, you know, I think everybody wants that. Everybody wants to have that. Where you're just talking with somebody or you're communicating and having a friendly conversation. And uh that's kind of always the way I've I've approached things. And I never wanted to either preach or talk down to anybody or pander or anything like that. So again, to have like the, the communication via the book how I was feeling about things or points I wanted to bring out or whatever. Again, you hope that you can open that dialogue up, so to speak, with uh, somebody who's who's reading and uh, hopefully enjoys it and hopefully will read it again and hopefully enjoy it again.
1: Well, it was so great. I got to the end of it, and I was just, I was really encouraged, you know, because I was exhausted after a day of working at this convention and <laughs> working on a table. And I was kind of like, oh, gosh, we wanted to do better. We didn't do as well as we wanted to. And yet I came away really encouraged because I read that, and I saw that, yeah, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to go your way all the time. But eventually, at some point, it can go your way, and so be positive about those things.
0: Yeah, Well way. I'm glad we felt that way. That means a lot. I do really appreciate it because, yeah. So again, I just wanted to wrap it up in a good manner. And, and it's funny because I think some of my ideas were, uh, it's funny if you look at the, you know, the before and the after and how things work out. Cause I had ideas like I was going to kill one of the characters off and oh. do all this stuff. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Common sense or good sense prevailed. And so it was fun. And, and it was just the way I kind of wanted to end it. So hopefully it'll, it'll be received well. And yeah, you, know, you just hope, but it was really all the points I wanted to make or get out there and, uh, and finish it hopefully
1: in a good tone. Well, I have to say, you know, I wanted to mention too. You recently had a birthday, so happy birthday! Oh, thanks. <laughs> uh, slightly belated, but I just want to make sure. And if you want to celebrate your birthday, the thing to do is get out and buy these books. When is is that? Uh, yeah. oh, oh, there's one more thing I wanted to mention. Talk about the title, which has a theme that runs through the book. It's called Hockey Karma, and they explain some of what that means. And things sort of happen, and there's this wonderful twist that has to do with that as we get towards the conclusion of that storyline. I really love that because you set it up perfectly so that we expected a certain thing was going to happen in result of hockey Karma. And I, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about what that is or you want to save that for the book.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was uh,
1: – I like to keep the titles very small. Even
0: though I like albums that have a very long title, I wanted to keep the book very small. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to work – into it, again, more on a marketing angle Mm -hmm. kind of thing because we have the hockey audience, Mm -hmm. hopefully, and and others as well. There's various hockey terms. There's puck luck and then there's various sports cliches and things like that. So I I just always like the uh, the karma and I thought it was something with the title that we could work in pretty well so uh it was terrific
1: when we get to where that whole storyline resolves i want to cheer because i thought that was such a cool thing how it really ended it wasn't the way i expected it ended better than i expected so that was a a very positive thing so i really liked that so the book is called hockey karma when does it become available well, it's actually
0: on the Animal Media Group website. It's uh, available for pre-order now. We actually have copies, so I'd be happy to send them out if anybody was interested in placing an order. The actual release date is November 1st, mm-hmm. and it's on Amazon now, but again, that's also pre-order status. So, And then we're going to have the ebook version coming soon. We have to get it converted and do all that fun stuff. So yeah, for right now, it's on the uh, animalmediagroup.com. That's available for pre-order, and it's going to be on Amazon, and uh, we have a really good book distributor for indie books which is called consortium book sales and distribution so hopefully it'll be available indie stores the local stores and hopefully barnes and noble as well come
1: november that's going to be good. Now, you can order the previous two books as well. Oh, book.
0: definitely, yeah. Those are on Amazon now and also on the Animal Media Group site, yeah. But, yeah, those are available, and it would be nice if people did and uh, check out the other, see where the, as the story developed. But, really, it's not mandatory, so to speak. So uh, I didn't want anybody to think that as well. That Geez, it, now, I mean, now I have to buy two books. Now. <laughs> All right, two more <laughs> to books. Get, yeah. But they yeah. sort of stand on their own, so I
1: hope. Well, I always like a story when I can get as much out of the story as I can. So I encourage people to read the first two books because you'll get a little bit more when people start getting introduced towards the end of the third book. It's going to mean more when you start to see the folks. Granted, they're great people, but you know, knowing where they came from, I think, is a real help to adding a little bit of the punch towards the end of the third book, which I really like. So I, I would encourage people, now's the time to buy the first two and then put your pre-order in. You'll be all set and <laughs> caught up by the time the third book comes. So that's what I reckon, especially now. Now during the holiday season's coming up. This is the perfect time to order books like that. And this might be a comic that, say, your, your comic friend may not know of because this is not... I, is this going to be in comic stores? Because last I understood, it really wasn't.
0: Right, right. You know, it's funny. Uh, There were a couple stores that ordered from the publisher, which is great. I mean, they sought us out and whatnot, but we didn't have distribution. Now we have distribution through Consortium, and we'll get those shops and libraries as well. And yeah, so hopefully that's something that we'll be able to do this time around, because we just started with Consortium uh, about uh, two months ago. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it gives us a better chance to get into those places. Have you thought about collecting all three books into one? Um, you know what the thought kind of has uh, been kicked around a little bit. I think at this point we're the main thing we're trying to get it out and then possibly do that because I mean, it it is something I really like. like I love uh, Jeff Lemire and uh, like the Essex County stories. just tremendous and it was so good to read those all together because they really flowed very well. And so that's what I envisioned, but we'll see. Hopefully, uh, hopefully that'll be the case. Um, so
1: in other words, we got to go out and buy the books, so there will be enough support to warrant making uh a- That's right. Okay. <laughs> you got it. So we gotta, all right, we'll do that. Now I've got to ask you, of course, the future now you've done this this has been several years you've been working on all this good storyline making these three books which i think were very successfully done what's next for you what are you going to move yeah. on to next are you, more hockey stuff are you going to go off and do an entirely different story what do you want to do next uh,
0: it's, it's a good question yeah i have an idea and i kind of go it's just a matter of putting everything together and i want to do another series of two to three books hopefully i have it mapped out in my head but i have to get it down on paper so but yeah it's not going to be hockey but i, but I think i have a pretty good idea, so, oh, cool. uh, but we'll see. Yeah, you want know, to get started on it so bad, but yeah, you know, now the book's almost out. You know, there's a lot of work that needs to All be right, done, and right. uh, I'd like to work again with Andres, depending on his schedule and whatnot. So, uh, I'm trying to find another artist. So there's look in other artists. So there's a lot of work that kind of needs to be done. But yeah, it's like once you get in these kind of things, get done, you just want to start you know, get right back on the yeah. bike again. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. And again, how it starts when it's in development and how it comes out mm-hmm. <laughs> there are two different things. So I had to talk to my uh, editor, Christina, again and run it through her and see if we can piece this together. But uh, yeah, it's. I think I hope it's a good uh, something that we can do two or three books from the idea I have.
1: You know, you've done a great job with this one, so I'm encouraged to look forward to that one too. Because it's, you know, it's rare when you can read a story that just grabs you as thoroughly as I was grabbed by your stuff. So I want to see more from you. So I'm looking forward to that. Please keep me in the loop because I want to see your future stuff when that happens. It takes a little while, you know. It's not like a monthly comic. It took like what about a year in between volumes two and three. Yeah, you know,
0: I got a pretty good start the last time. And when you do these, it's like on the art end, it's like three pages a week. It's good. It's great. You get three in. And uh, so you figure 130 page book, you do the math. It's about a year or so with the art. The writing part should take about six months, hopefully, from beginning to end. So, yeah, I like to be on that two year cycle. So the hope is by september 2018 so two years from now hopefully but that's again based on people's schedules and all that kind of good stuff so uh yeah it takes a long time when you're in the process and then it's like boom it's over it's done and it's out so uh it's fun it's a fun process and i think i'll be doing graphic novels the rest of my writing days for sure because i I really enjoy doing them and uh, the people that you meet and like yourself people in the uh comics folk, so to speak. Uh, just wonderful people, and hope they enjoy what you do. That's the main thing.
1: Well, I highly recommend all three of them. Why don't you say the names of all three again, so the people, in case they want to write it down and make sure that they get them for us.
0: Sure, sure. So we started with Stereotypical Freaks, and uh, that was in 2012, and then 2014, we did The Hockey Saint, and coming out November 1st will be a Hockey Karma. So I have Facebook page and author page and Twitter. So we've got all that Instagram. So we've got all the social media covered. And we actually have a book trailer coming next week. Should be out Mm -hmm. Tuesday, Tuesday of next week. Yeah. It's kind of a, if you've seen the uh, tasty videos that are all over Mm -hmm. Facebook and Buzzfeed. So we did it basically how we developed instead of making a, Barbecue chicken or uh, tacos or something. This shows you how we made the book. Um, So it's it's gonna be a very cool video, and we're we're just finishing up this week and uh, should be out next week. So So it's on YouTube, you're saying? It will be. Yeah, I think we're gonna post it. Uh, We just have to do the final sound design and uh, just do a little editing, and it should be. uh, Yeah, it should be on YouTube
1: on Monday, uh, Monday or Tuesday, probably Tuesday. Cool. And of course, if we look under Hockey Karma, we'll likely find it. So that's a good way to be able to find it. Exactly. Well, you're doing you're doing great stuff, Howard. I really love all the books. I really, as I said, it's really engrossing stuff. If you want to read something that's a little different, maybe you read a lot of Long Johns, and you want to be able to read something that's a little different, a little more down to earth, a little more character driven and yet there's lots of plot twists and things going on. I think you should buy these books because they're all very well done and all really gripping stuff. So, again, it's the holiday season coming up. It's time to surprise your comics friend. And so I recommend these three. Give them these. And I think they'll really enjoy them. I think they'll be, you know, happily surprised. And maybe even if they don't like hockey so much, they'll really like the books because they get past the, you know, the game is an important part of it, yes, but the people... And what they're going through really makes the story shine. So it's great stuff. I really appreciate the end of doing it. I was glad to be able to get an early copy to take a look at. So I'll write a review here just before it comes out because I think it deserves as much attention we can give it.
0: I appreciate that, Wayne. Thank you. And thank you for the just tremendous support. When you're doing these, you're buried in your computer and you, you're sort of uh, isolated and whatever. And you just, again, you hope you put it out there. and that, So the, the feedback really means a lot. And, um, and again, I, I just can't thank you enough for the wonderful support you've given me over uh, all three books. It really, really means a lot to me. So thank you. Well, it's easy to support quality. So I,
1: I never have trouble with that. So it's, it's good stuff. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much That's it for this week. Please be back next time when I'll be speaking with another great comics creator. But until then, keep reading your comics.